Good morning, Rebranch, brothers and sisters. I hope you have enjoyed our, our Bible story today. Um, also, the beautiful music. Um, and, and even our prayer as we went to the Lord and really put our, our peti petitions um, in his grace. Uh, so today's sermon, the, the preaching is going to come out of 1 Peter uh, chapter 1. Verses 3 through 7. But as you're turning your Bible to 1 Peter 1, verses 3 through 7, I have a question for you. When have you been glad that you didn't give up? Think about a time in your life where you have rejoiced over your perseverance, your dedication, your ability not to give up. Now, I have a story for you. Um, as you're turning your Bibles to 1 Peter 1, verses 3 through 7. Um, I have a story about a swimmer. Florence Chadwick was a champion long-distance swimmer. She swam the 24... One miles across the English Channel in 1950. And she did it faster than any other woman in history. Two years later, in 1952, she set her sights on a loft loftier goal. The 26-mile route between Catalina Island and the California mainland. The swim required her to pass through an oil link, fight off the nausea, and to endure, endure extreme fatigue as she swam for over 15 hours. As she neared the coastline, temperatures began to change and a heavy fog set in. Her breathing became labored, and since she couldn't see the shore, Florence feared she was swimming in circles. She lost hope. The skilled athlete did something she had never done before. Florence gave up and asked to be pulled from the water. Florence so, soon learned that she had stopped only half a mile short of her goal. Many times, just like Florence, we too can lose hope. Life is often very difficult, and there are times when we question, how will we go on? But the apostle um, Peter pointed to the sure hope we have in Christ. We may become weary and discouraged, but victory is closer than we realize. It is all because of our hope in Jesus Christ. So today's sermon I gave it a title. And it's a simple title. Jesus gives us hope. Jesus is the living hope. So as we go to the scripture, um, we're looking at 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 7. And in my Bible, it is titled, A Heavenly Inheritance. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begun us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance 
that is incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you who are cut by the power of God through the faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this, you greatly rejoice through now for a little while. If need be, you have been grieved by various trials that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes through it is tested by fire may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelations of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity to come here today to gather in your name to worship you, Lord. I just ask you as as I preach this message today that you speak through me, that you show that living hope that we have in you, that that faith that you have given us that after this life and when we leave this corruptible body, This body will perish someday and we will go on to a greater place, a place that is promised to us, a place that we call heaven. Lord, I just ask you to help us, to help us grow as we go through our trials and tribulations here. That those times that we feel exiled, that you will be there with us. You will comfort us. We know that we are not citizens of this world, but we are citizens of heaven. Lord, I just ask you to to bless your word as I preach this message today. And I ask all this in your name, Jesus Christ. So if we go to um, verse three, to give it some context, to think about this. Now, now Peter was really the, the main religious leader of that time. And, and he was... He was really preaching and ministering and witnessing to the Jews that were really scattered across this this place, which is known as today as as Turkey. But these Jews that were young Christians were exiled, that they were no longer had the freedom to worship our Lord and Savior. So a lot of what they had to do was in secrecy. So Peter decided in the purpose of this, this epistle was to write a message to these Christians, these young Christians, to give them hope and to give them encouragement. That whatever persecution they would experience in their lives was only of this world. That they had a greater inheritance, which is in heaven. Now, if we think about that and we we apply it to our lives today, I, I would say that even though physically we have freedom here in the United States, what do I mean by that? Well, I could get in my car and I could go to my friend's house and I could talk about the Lord Jesus Christ. I have that freedom. I could go to the market. No one's telling me what to to buy. I could go on to college. No one's telling me what career to go into. So yes, physically, we have freedom. However, our beliefs have been exiled 
in so many institutions within our society. We do not have the freedom to preach the word of Jesus Christ in our public schools. And if you are a young convert, and I'll be honest, you just gave your life to Jesus Christ and you're in high school. Believe me, you will feel like an outcast. You will be you will feel like you have been exiled from the popular groups. And sometimes you'll be sitting at a table and you'll look over and you'll see that you're not invited to those worldly things. But you know what? That's not a bad thing at all. Not at all. Because our citizenship is is in heaven. So even though that our beliefs may be exiled, that our boldness in the spirit may be exiled, or even our ability to fulfill the great commission is exiled in, in our workplace. Because you know what? Teachers have even been locked up for preaching the word, for saying a prayer. At one time, we were allowed to pray in our schools, but we're no longer. So there are places within our society that the word of God is exiled. Some of you know that in your workplace, if you go around talking to people about Jesus Christ, you might risk your job. Other places, you know what? They embrace it. Some institutions are are founded on the word of Jesus Christ, but not all. And even if you went to Disneyland, that is just recently opened, and you were walking around preaching the word to people and passing out Bibles, you probably would be exiled from Disneyland. So when you think about this, Peter was working with the Jews that had been exiled And they felt discouraged so that Peter wanted to give them hope. Peter wanted them not to give up. That that even though when, when times are difficult, Peter told us to hold fast in that hope. So that when we're in school and we might feel like we're exiled, or as a Christian, and I remember some, I have had students that came to class and put the Bible on their table. And I've noticed how other students would treat them. Um, and you could see the separation. But Peter said, hold fast in your hope. That you may experience suffering because of your belief. And you may even wonder why And, and, you know, and sometimes I wonder why this, too, is why does God might not care for our nation anymore? And if we we even look at, at our leadership and we're wondering what is happening, we we are seeing even in the my last Bible lesson that that really looked at authority in Peter was very clear that, that we are to be um, obedient to authority as long as it doesn't break the word of God. But we still put God first. So God has chosen you. He has called us to salvation. 
and he has given us hope with the Holy Spirit. God will always help us to endure any challenge that we may face. Because Jesus is our living hope. That hope is the Holy Spirit that lives in all believers of Jesus Christ. We as believers are the living hope for the lost. Those that are suffering and that those that need comfort. That Jesus continues to work through us. And that's why our hope is living. Now, when we think about our hope and the sec- next section, I'm really thinking about our inheritance, okay? That our living hope is not temporary. Our living hope is eternal. Our living hope is kept in heaven. Our living hope will never perish. Our living hope will never become defiled. And our living hope will never fade away. Because our living hope is Jesus. Now, when we think about our our inheritance, there's three main words that come to mind. And the first one is imperishable. And if we think about this, the world could never destroy our living hope. And let me tell you why. Because they did try to destroy our living hope. They tried to destroy our living hope when they put Jesus Christ on that cross. But you know what? In three days, he rose again. They could not destroy our living hope. And because of that resurrection, we were given the Holy Spirit that now lives in us. That that hope only became stronger as he died on that cross for our sins. Now, if I want to think about another word, word, another vocabulary word, undefiled. And now when we think undefiled, this is directly related to purity. So when we think about purity, the world cannot stain our hope. There is nothing the world could do. And and you know why? Because when we read in the Bible, we saw that the devil tried to tempt Jesus Christ and he failed. That Jesus lived on earth without sin. He was pure. He was pure until the day he died on that cross. And when he rose three days later, he proved that he could not be defiled. That the purity of Jesus Christ could never be stained. Now the last one, the last vocabulary word I want to talk to you. And thinking about this, I know young Christians, high school students, middle school students. You know, when we first get saved, that the light of Jesus is so bright. It's so bright within us. And I know that we are pulled down by the world. We are pulled down by our experiences. We are pulled down by our suffering. But remember this. That the light of Jesus will never fade. 
it will never fade away. That the brightness of that light when the, the heavens and earth were created is the same brightness that we will experience one day in heaven. That his light is so greater than darkness that anytime his presence is there, the shadows run in the opposite direction. So Jesus, when we think about Jesus, that light will never fade away. But you know what's even greater? It's God's power. The power of God. And when we think about his power, some of the, the events that I look back in the Bible, I think about that fiery furnace. That God's power kept everyone in that furnace safe. That they had hope in God. And then I think about the den of the lions. That how God's power kept Daniel safe. And when I think about the ship, shipwreck that Paul experienced and even being bitten by that serpent, that the power of God kept Paul safe. So when we think about our world, that even the beatings, the, the hunger, the, imper- the imprisonment, our suffering, you know what? God will always keep your inheritance safe. That you will always have that faith that when you leave this vessel, you will go on to heaven. That inheritance will never fade away. That inheritance will never be defiled. That inheritance will never perish. It will always be there. Now, without understanding the truths of the scripture, the cultures of this world... Our feelings and the influence of ungodly people, we may feel that hope is lost. That cultures that we experience are not always built on the foundation of Scripture. Sometimes when we get upset and our emotions take over, that we forget that we have a Holy Spirit within us. That, that if we just slow down and go to prayer and seek his guidance, yeah, we probably would go forward without making a wrong choice. Because if we do make wrong choices, if we do conform to our cultures, if we do conform um, um, to uh, our feelings, and if we do conform to the influence of godly people, we will suffer. We will go through a trial. But you know what? Because of that trial, we will grow closer to God. That we'll be able to rejoice when we succeed through that trial. We must be careful never to allow people and situations to rule our minds. Our mind should be focused on God. Our mind should be focused on Jesus. That we are nothing more than a vessel. We are just a a blink of time on this earth. A grain of sand in the whole 
universe, when we think about the time that we are here, because we have the living hope. And in that living hope, that we should never put our guards down because we are there to give that hope to others, to encourage others. Now, my third and final point of this message. And I think this is very important that we, we need to, to understand what Jesus is telling us. That hope and faith are always connected. Our hope and faith is always connected. It's because we have faith that Jesus is real. That Jesus died for our sins. That we have faith that there is an inheritance for us that we continue with hope. That we always have hope that God will be there with us to help us. Because God promises to give us that faith. That faith will always restore the brokenness of our experiences. And our hope will keep our hearts focused on Christ. Because of God's power... Our inheritance, we can rejoice in a world ruled by a rejected angel. Yeah, I said it, a rejected angel. Let me say that again. Because of God's power and our inheritance of heaven, we could rejoice in a world ruled by a rejected angel. Young Christians... Especially those that are from the age, I would say, 6 to 18 and even younger. I, I know you have just, you have given your life to Jesus Christ and you're doing your best to live by his word. I know since you're so young that you will experience many trials in your life. And I want to give you some advice. And the advice comes strictly from the scripture, right out of this reading that we did today. So, young Christians, let me prepare you for the trials you may face and rejoice in when God's power restores you and your faith is only strengthened. Now, the first thing I want to talk about is trials. Trials do vary in nature. Not all trials are the same. And it really depends on your events in your life, your experiences, and that sin that you are struggling with. That will vary the types of trials you may experience. You may experience something simple as, as getting a F on a test. I, I know if I, that ever happened to me, I'd be devastated. I probably would lose my hope. But I tell you what, after a few seconds, I'd go to the Lord in prayer and seek for his guidance. But, you know, if, if we think about it, that's just simple. Because if we look at the trials that others are facing in other areas or, or in the life. Um, it could be death. It could be divorce of our parents. It, it could be um, abuse. There's a lot of things 
that will put us in a trial that will bring us closer to Jesus. Now, the second point is trials are temporary. They don't last forever. Yes, some trials are longer than others and some trials are very short. But when we think about it, if we have the inheritance of God, we know that the trial will never continue forever. Because we're promised that inheritance. We are promised heaven. That when we get to heaven, we will no longer experience trials and tribulations. Now, some trials may last for years. It might be an addiction. Um, Addiction to drugs. And you know, you've given your life to Jesus Christ and you continue the prayer. But it seems that the temptations are always so great. But until you get close enough to Jesus, you will never overcome your trial. Now, trials bring grief. There is nothing fun about a trial. They will always bring grief. But in that grief... It makes us closer to God. It makes us be more dependent on him. And that's why trials have a purpose. Because of suffering, that suffering removes sin from our lives. It makes us grow closer to God. Our conversations with him increase. Our trust with him increases. And our dependency on him increases. So there is a purpose for those trials that you experience. In the last part, and the very most important part, trials should result result in rejoicing. Any way you look at it, when you overcome a trial, that trial becomes your testimony. And your testimony only strengthens your faith that we should rejoice that we have accomplished that trial. But remember, trials by no means are fun. We know they may make us more like Jesus. And that's the purpose is to make us more like Jesus. But this should always give us reason to rejoice. Because of that sin of Adam and Eve, we were disconnected from purity and innocence. And we were introduced to the curse of sin and the fall of humanity. That until they ate from that fruit, took that bite, that knowledge of sin did not exist. And once they took that bite, it's almost like everything just flowed into the mind, into the consciousness. And all of a sudden they felt ashamed because they were naked in the garden. And because of that, we were separated. But you know what? You don't have to remain separated. That you could be reconnected with Jesus. And to become reconnected with Jesus, all we have to do is believe. 
We just have to believe that we live in a broken world. That we live in a world that is separated from God. It doesn't matter what we try to do to get happiness. Money will give us happiness. Um, love won't give us happiness. The only thing that will give us happiness is Jesus Christ. That he was able to restore us, reconnect us to God by dying on that cross for our sins. That if we repent from our faults, from our sins, from our inequities, that we continue to depend on him because we can't overcome sin without Jesus. But when we give our life to Jesus, he gives us this Holy Spirit, the spirit that lives within us, that will comfort us, that will help us make those right decisions. And by being reconnected through Jesus Christ, you also will have that inheritance. You also will experience the living hope of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity to come here to preach your word, to share your message, to talk about this living hope that we have in Jesus. That anyone that believes in you will also have this living hope. That our faith, that we know without a doubt that you died on our, that cross and wiped away all of our sins. That we could be reborn again. Baptized in your blood. And we could start this journey of our salvation with the living hope of Jesus Christ. I pray today that those watching this message will seek someone, will ask those questions. And I pray that those questions, whoever they were asked to, is led by your spirit to witness to them so that they could get to know you. And maybe become my brother or sister in Christ. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.